Schlock Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sun Guy Nation, welcome to the show here on another Friday afternoon as we kick off the Memorial Day holiday week. Real fast, some show notes for you if you're looking for some pro wrestling. WCWO in Indianapolis, Indiana, like usual. You also have the final Friday show for Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana. You have FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. And you can find me later today at the Vaughn Civic Center in Vaughn, Washington for Northwest Pro. Tomorrow night, Northwest Pro returns to Port Orchard at the mall. You also have a lot of shows going on tomorrow, Um, 5CC in Bellingham. You have also the debut of another show in Washington. I believe that is also in the Bellingham area. And you also have tons and tons of other shows happening tomorrow. So if you have any wrestling near you at all, make sure you get out there and check your local independent promotions and definitely support them we are still currently waiting on our guest for the day Uh, he should be with us shortly QT do you happen to have a book that you can read from while we wait I think I have the masked saint husband pastor hero from (coughs) Chris Whaley could you out of the blue, pick out a number, and I'll turn toward that page and start reading. 17. 17. Well, I'll wait a sec. I think you're, I think you, somehow page 17 stuck out in your memory in the past. It was John um, Havlicek's number. What then? It was John Havlicek's number. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, do you want me to read from the second paragraph? Uh, sure, that'd be nice. I'm skipping the first. Okay, she said, "You wait right here, and I'll be back. I'll be right back." Mr. Williams continued to water the garden and occasionally picked a few weeds. As she walked back to the porch and opened the door to her house, the most wonderful aroma hit me. I didn't know what she was cooking, but it smelled better than anything I had ever smelled. She sat two glasses of water down on the little table and asked me to sit down. So you're the new family that just moved in. You got any brothers or sisters? No, ma'am. I'm the only one. Me and Edgar ain't got any youngins. I always wanted children, but God never seemed fit to give me any. Thank you for the water. It was real good. I better be going back home. Will you be sure and come and see me again? I will. Thank you. 
As I walked home, it sure felt good to make a new friend. They didn't seem any different than anyone else I had ever met. I couldn't possibly realize how important that little lady would become in my life. There would be many, many times when I would sit and talk with her. The things I learned I have carried for a lifetime. Now, Sign, uh, I want you to guess, have your top three guesses of what he smelled that she was cooking. I will guess fried chicken. I will guess meatloaf, and I will guess lasagna. Oh, lasagna, okay. Now, subliminally, I think you picked meatloaf because that's one of your favorite dishes. Where can you get the top uh, meatloaf in Seattle? Oh, there's a lot of good places uh, for it. Um, I will say... I'd say if you go to um, Lena's Cafe, just past the Seattle uh, border there into Shoreline, they have a good meatloaf. Okay. All right. Now, how does I will say a second runner up for sure would be um, the Kona Kitchen on Fifth Avenue. Okay. Kona Kitchen. Yeah. Now, do they top your meatloaf with bacon? Uh, no, they don't, but it's the owner's uh, aunt's recipe, I believe it is. Oh, okay. Now, have you ever heard people putting ground mustard in their meatloaf? Ground mustard. Never ground mustard, but I have used uh, barbecue sauce. Ooh. Now, what are you, what, I'm going to get your favorite barbecue sauce is Casey Masterpiece. No, it's Jim Ross's barbecue sauce. But QT, our guest has joined us, and I want to welcome him on right away. I know uh, he is at a show as we speak and coming to us all the way from Kentucky, one of the best managers you're going to find on the independent scene. Scott Diamond, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. You know, uh, it's been a long, long road, and uh, I've had a, a, a glorious road, and it's all to do because a gentleman like yourself that uh, will help me get my product out there to the people. So thank you for having me. Absolutely our pleasure. And since it is your first time with us, surprisingly enough today, I will start you out with our first-timer question what led to you getting into the business of pro wrestling? What led to Scott Diamond getting into pro wrestling? That's a great question. You know, I've been asked that many times, and it's always come up the same answer. You, uh, you young men are probably not familiar with, or maybe you are, but I seen Bobo Brazil in the Atlanta airport in 1971, and Bobo Brazil at the time was the heavyweight champion. And so when I looked over and I seen him, he had on a long fur coat all the way to his ankles. He had on a big, large, brimmed hat, and he was smoking on a long, white, ivory pipe. And so I was traveling with my uncle at the time, and so I asked him who that man was, and when he told me that it was Bobo Brazil, the world wrestling uh, heavyweight champion, 
I knew at that moment Scott Diamond had to be in professional wrestling. Now, from the area that you're in, you're in that Kentucky-Anna area, and I know uh, you've been around long enough to maybe have done this. Did you ever cross paths with Bobo Brazil Jr.? I have. Bobo Brazil Jr. and I have both uh, done several cards together. Uh, you know, a lot of respect for the man. He's been around a long time as well. Um, and he and I have the utmost respect for each other and our careers. Although at times, Bobo and I differed on how we got our wins. Um, we are, uh, we both know each other and, and we both hold each other in high respect. Have you ever been on a receiving end of one of those Bobo Brazil Jr.? overhand chops <laughs> you know um i i have been on the receiving end of that and uh let me tell you if if you get a chop from bobo and a few other guys out there you know there's a few other guys out there that have a mean chop as well um you know cash flow victor bruiser uh tuffy the list goes on but bobo jr is right up there with them as far as having one of the best chops in the sport of professional wrestling Absolutely he does, and anyone that's had one knows they don't want another one if they can help it. That's exactly right, because a chop like that, you'll have to go to the hospital and get his hand surgically removed from your chest. That's a fair statement. I have seen guys three weeks out of being chopped have his handprint on there that looks fresh as a daisy, so that is unquestionably true. That's exactly right. You know, uh, a big chop like that, you could be eating cereal out of your chest for the next six months. Absolutely. Now, the fans that are familiar with you, of course, are going to know you as a top wrestling manager. You have managed a lot of very, very successful wrestlers in your career. I know you've had a laundry list of great people. In your opinion, looking back at things, who are some of the people that you have managed that you feel you had the best chemistry with? You know, I have to say, I've been in the ring with many a great people, you know. uh, The Boogie Woogie Man, Anthony Jimmy Valiant, Billy Dundee, I mean, Brian Christopher, uh, Rob Perry, I mean, I could sit here all day and tell you everyone that I've been in the ring with. Uh, but when I when I think about who I've been in the ring with and who really made an impact on me, who I enjoyed not only managing but at times wrestling, um, although I respect each and every one of these vets that I've had the opportunity uh, to share a ring with, Tracy Smothers has to be my favorite. Um he and I worked in ring against each other and with each other. Um, he is a great all-around person. I hate that we lost him last year. I lost a good friend in wrestling business in the world, lost a good person. Um, but he's probably, uh, you know, and, and I've done shows with all the greats, Tito Santana, you know, Dan Severin, Al Snow, uh, George South, uh, Bill Eady, you name it. And, and I've been on shows with them. 
but Tracy really stands out because he was uh, he was the most down to earth. Rikishi was another one. He was down to earth. Tracy Smothers was so down to earth, and he was so unconditionally giving. Um, he loved the wrestling business so much that he felt it was his job to pass the torch to everyone that uh, wanted to listen, to anyone that wanted to better their career. He was there to help them. And, uh, you know, Tracy went to places that a lot of these guys, because they make a big name for themselves, you know, they just want to hit, uh, you know, Turkey, uh, uh, big spots, Tokyo, Frankfurt, Mexico City. But Tracy, he went beyond that again uh, because he went to all the small islands, Guam, Fiji, all these small places to where a lot of the big names did not want to go because there was not a lot of people and not a lot of money. So for, for your question, my favorite guy that I have ever managed or been in the ring with, um, as far as the big name, it has to be, hands down, Tracy Smothers. I definitely can concur with you there. Tracy was a great, great person. We miss him terribly. Uh, you also have worked with someone that also was very, very close to Tracy, that being Jesse Bell Smothers. Jesse Bell has worked extremely hard and continues to work extremely hard to uphold what Tracy expected of her and why he tried to teach her. I know you've been around her quite a bit since uh, early in her career. What do you think of the job that Jesse Bell has been doing to uphold that Smothers legacy? Tracy could have not picked a better person for that position. Jesse Bell Smothers is one of the toughest broads that's going to come down the pike. She can fight you, she can wrestle you, and she can do it all with a smile. Because believe it or not, you know, uh, she was born the lady, but when she gets in that ring, that's out the door because she'll fight you just like a man. Um, and nine out of ten times, she's going to come out the victor. Um, you know, I just spoke to Jessie this week. She's an outstanding athlete. Um, I actually will be doing some work with her tomorrow. Um, and, again, I think that when Tracy Smothers put that blanket over someone, he could not have picked a better person than Jesse Bell Smothers. Um, she is upholding his memory very, very, very well. And uh, I know I appreciate it, and I know all the, the wrestlers appreciate it as well because uh, we all love Tracy and hold him in high regard. And uh, I like to see that Jesse Bell is carrying on that legacy. You know, her her and uh, Maria James and, and Mickey Smothers, uh, excuse me, Mickey Knuckles, she uh, also was a Smothers daughter. All three of these girls, uh, they uphold Tracy's memory very, very well. Absolutely they do. The Smothers' twisted daughters are phenomenal, and Tracy, I know, was very, very proud of all of them. Now, one of the Smothers Twisted Daughters is someone that you also managed, and I believe the first time we were on a show together, you uh, were managing this particular uh, lady in a match, and she had a completely torn ACL, worked two times that night before going into surgery that 
next day, that being the amazing Maria. Uh, I also have managed Maria, so we've got that in common. I know how tough Amazing Maria is, one of my favorite people in the business. I know you've uh, been around her since the very beginning as well. What can you tell us about Amazing Maria? Her name says it all, Jason. She is an amazing woman. Let me tell you, I have seen Maria from conception. Uh, She's worked very hard. I have worked with her many, many times. You know, she was a part of the Diamond Cartel. She was the Diamond Cartel women's champion for a long, long time. Um, Her and I have been in riots together. Um, We've been in bar fights, you name it. You know, Maria, she is amazing. Like I say, we, we have been in bar fights together. We have been in riots at shows together. Um, and we have been at ringside many times together. Um, and she is one tough, tough individual. And the night that you're referring to, uh, great memory. Uh, as far as yourself, you have a great memory. Um, because that was a while back. And, and actually, Maria had only been in the business maybe a year or two at the time. And, and I think, you know, uh, she took Mickey Knuckles a little lightly of which she didn't do after the first time. And, uh, you know, Mickey Knuckles, I'm not going to take anything away from her either. I've done a lot of work with her. She is one crazy girl, a uh, woman broad, whatever you want to call her. She is, uh, she is a woman that can get the job done bar none. Um, and so I guess Maria just took her a little lightly that evening and Mickey just, when she gets into her zone, there's no stopping her, and she got into that zone. And uh, unfortunately, she completely tore Maria's ACL. She had to have total reconstruction, uh, total reconstruction surgery on her knee. Um, so it, it really hindered her. She was on the shelf for a long, long time. But, again, uh, a testament to how tough she is, you know, after she sat on the bench for almost a year, she worked her way back up, and now she is a top contender, as she always was. Absolutely. And you talk about Mickey Knuckles being tough. Miss Knuckles hit me the second hardest I'd ever been hit in my entire life in that match. It was brutal how much force she can get with those forearms when she wants to. I'm sure you're very aware of that. Very much so. Um, uh, very much so. When when it comes to Mickey Knuckles, um, we haven't always seen eye to eye. Um, I was a financial officer in a company in Indiana, of which Mickey Knuckles had power bombed another young lady through the windshield of a car, and so my company had to pay for that. And so in doing so, I suspended Mickey. And um, if you know Mickey Knuckles, you know she does not gel well with rules she doesn't abide by anyone's rules but hers and so after i had levied this fine and this suspension on her she uh, she blew past security one evening and jumped into the ring and punched me so hard in the testicles that i was talking up blood and had to go to the hospital so yeah mickey knuckles is a very tough individual i don't take anything away from her i've been uh, across the ring from her and i've been on the ring uh, side with her, and I would prefer to be on the ringside with her because uh, 
she's tough as nails. She really is, and she takes no guff from nobody. She'll fight man, woman, or child, and, uh, you know, I respect that. Absolutely. Yeah, Miss Knuckles does not like being suspended, we've learned. Not at all. One of the more exciting matches for fans of professional wrestling has traditionally been the steel cage match, and especially on the independent level when fans are close to the ring and they can get a good look at that cage and they can hear the flesh meeting the steel. It's always been a very, very exciting thing, maybe not so much for the competitors who get beat up in that steel cage, but the fans love it. I know you've been part of many steel cage matches in your day. What's your opinion of that particular stipulation match? The cage match, as you said, has always been known to be brutal. Um, It's always been known to be a place that uh, when two gladiators cannot uh, agree on something and it just has to be settled, it's, it's always come back to the cage. There's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. You can't get in, you can't get out. Um, so I think the cage match is a good place to settle disputes. You know, wrestlers like to settle their disputes in the ring, and uh, the cage match is a very good way to do that. Not only uh, is that a good place to get things settled, as you said, it's, uh, it's unforgiving on the skin. It is dipped in a galvanized solution, and it's already steel. So I don't have to tell you what steel shards will do to a man's face. Um, It'll rip the skin right off of you. I was fortunate enough six or seven years ago to not only uh, be a part of a cage match, but to be able to take it one step above and beyond. And that is myself, uh, myself along with Johnny Bad. And uh, we were going up against a character the name of Fozo Fury, who both these gentlemen were reputable competitors. And uh, so we decided to turn it up a notch, and we decided that we would have the first ever. There was never one beforehand, and there has never been one since. And that is an electrified steel cage. We hooked two car batteries to the cage, and if you hit the cage, you got the shock of a lifetime. So a cage match is brutal. Uh, but I, I like them. I actually have a cage match tonight to settle this tag team championship dispute with the Dominion. Myself and the big DOS man uh, are going to get in that cage tonight and hopefully bring those tag titles back where they belong. But if any, uh, if there's any place that it can be settled, it is the steel cage. Most definitely. I've, I'm sure besides the steel cage, you have seen – a lot of different stipulation matches in your day. In your opinion, what stipulation match that you've personally been involved in has been one of the strangest ones? It's got to be, um, I mean, it, it's happened before, but for me personally, you know, I've been a part of uh, dog collar matches, you know, Indian strap matches, uh, gentlemen's matches, all these matches, I've been a part of all these matches. Um, but for, for me, the one that I disliked and was strangest for me was career versus hair um, because if you 
know anything about Scott Diamond, you know that uh, you know I've always tried to keep myself looking at the utmost of respectful businessmen. And so, in doing that, you know you have you have to be very well groomed, and, and I pride myself upon that. So, um, when I had a company ask me to put up my hair versus their career. Um, I didn't want to do it. We've done it, and uh, I lost it. And um, so that's been the strangest thing for me because it, it took me six months to grow my hair back, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't really care to be bald. So that, for me, was was one of my strangest gimmick matches. From personal experience, don't fight Eugene in one of those matches. He cheats. <laughs> Well, you, you know, Eugene, he's, he's kind of a mixed-up kid, but what he loves to do is he loves all these wrestlers. So you don't know if he's going to come off with a Hogan leg drop. You don't know if he's going to come in with Flair's figure four. I mean, you know, you don't know if he's going to have uh, Piper's sleeper. You just don't know what Eugene's going to do. That's true, and to the surprise of everyone in the building, he came out with the Undertaker's tombstone in our match. <laughs> so... That proves exactly what I'm saying to you, Jason. You just never know uh, what Eugene's frame of mind is going to be. Very, very true. Now, as someone that's been around our business for a long time, I know that you're very aware that one of the harder roles in pro wrestling is one of the ones that a lot of people don't often think of when they're considering how important it is, that being the referee role, I know you've been around a long enough time that you've seen countless referees over the years. Who would you say are some of the better ones that you've worked with that don't get the credit they deserve? Um, well, you know what? Let's start with yourself. Um, when I met you, as as if you meet anyone. I, I knew nothing of you, knew nothing about you. But when I have an opportunity to see a man's work, that that speaks louder to me than if we would have shaken hands and you would have said I was the best ref in the business. Um, you didn't say that. You shook my hand as a gentleman would, and um, you allowed your your referee duties to, to speak for themselves. Um, and I think there's been a, a few down the line. Uh, Gosh, looking back, you know, believe it or not, Cody Matthews is one of the best referees that ever come down the pike at one time. Um, you know, Jonathan Barnes is an up-and-coming uh, good ref. John Conway, uh, there for a while, was a good referee. Uh, Max Recon, excellent referee. Uh, Sean Patrick over there in the um, Kentucky Anna area. Uh, he, too, another great referee. And, you know, uh, Charlene McKenzie, another good referee, female referee. Um, you know, a referee is so important um, because they can make or break a match. Um, so to to have a good referee in there is very important to me. Absolutely it is. It's often a thankless job. I appreciate you saying that to me. I wasn't setting you up for that, but I do appreciate it. And at this point in time, my co-host QT is standing by, and I know he has 
some questions for you, so I'm going to pass you over to QT for a bit. All right. QT, good afternoon. Scott Diamond. Well, hello, Mr. Diamond. Uh, I saw your YouTube video entitled UWF Amazing Maria with Scott Diamond versus Mickey Knuckles. How good of the officiating was it in that match, the officiating? You know, um, the officiating was good, but here's the thing, QT. When you've got a woman like Mickey Knuckles in the ring, sometimes it doesn't matter who else is in the ring because she doesn't uh, – she does exactly what she wants. And, and so it's very hard when you have someone like that in a match to be able to control them because you really cannot, you know, even as a referee, and, and the referee is totally in charge. But um, in order to deal with a person like Mickey Knuckles, you, you really have to do that with kid gloves because you cannot uh, demand anything of her. So I think the officiating was good in that match. I just think that it was uh, – it was a hard match to uh, keep control of. Do you believe in that match that Mickey Knuckles cast a ravishing Rick Rude type presence in the ring? <laughs> um, you know, Rick, rest his soul. Um, he was a great uh, wrestler, great performer. But I think, you know, if, if Mickey Knuckles was channeling anyone, uh, that moment she was channeling the, the original shoot, you know, because here's a guy that would come into the ring, uh, Paul Bosch, great promoter, could not even control the original sheet. Um, he came to the ring just as Mickey did that evening, and he had one thing in mind, and that was to hurt somebody. And it didn't matter if it was somebody in the audience. It didn't matter if it was the referee. It didn't matter if it was – the manager, it just so happened to be, um, you know, the amazing Maria. And even after the match was over, um, we had to have some help come out of the back. Because um, she says when she gets into that zone, it's hard to, to get her out of it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Mr. Diamond, what struck me first about this video is the nice dark suit you were wearing. Was this in a was this in a Armar, Armani suit? Armani. You know what? You're really good. There's not a suit in my closet over fifteen hundred dollars that is under fifteen hundred dollars. Let me rephrase that. I don't have one suit under fifteen hundred dollars. And you know when I'm rolling around these rock forts and these swarshams, you know those shoes come at a healthy cost as well. But I've always felt like if I'm going to go out here and be the Albert Anastasia of wrestling, then I have to look that part as well. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Mr. Diamond, do you remember the iconic scene on Seinfeld where aspiring comedian Kenny Banya saw Kramer in a clothing store, and he commented on how he did not like the suits that the store had, but he really liked the one Kramer was wearing? Do you remember this scene? I don't recall. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Mr. Diamond, uh, Kenny Banya offered to buy the suit that Kramer was wearing in this particular store, and Kramer said, make me an offer. And Kenny said, $200. And Kramer said, surely you jest. He then said, 250 And Kramer took off his jacket and said, look at this stitching. It's old world cra craftsmanship. Uh, 
Now, are there any truths to the rumors from my wrestling sources out in Shelton, Washington, that you and Amazing Maria plan to reenact this scene when you get to view it at the next intermission when you work with her, with you taking the role of Kenny Banya and Amazing Maria taking the role of Kramer? Is this true? Um, I, I believe they may have their uh, their pigeons backwards because, uh, you know, any homing pigeons that came in with that information is totally outdated. Um, you know, Amazing Maria and myself have skyrocketed past that. And uh, so at this time, if, if we were going to do anything, it would be the same thing that we've done for years. We're going to go out here, we're going to beat somebody up, and when we get done, you know, they're going to get mad, call the law, and we're going to get in a limousine, we're going to drive somewhere, and then we're going to drink to a full, and then we're going to go to a hotel. We're going to sleep it off, get up the next morning, and do the same thing all over again. That would be more like something that Amazing Maria and myself would do. Talk to you, T.D. We lose you? Oh, I thought, yeah, yeah, I guess I lost you there for a moment. Oh, there we go. I think we got him back. QT, you with us? Yes, I apologize, Mr. Diamond. I was trying to adjust my volume control. Um, I will assign you our Turnbuckle Turmoil homework assignment for you to look up that scene with Kramer and Kenny Banya in the clothing store. I think it's wrestling-like. I, I tell you, Kramer is a... Uh... He's a great character. You know, I love that gentleman. You know, he started out there on Second City Television, uh, kind of Canada's version of SNL. And uh, he's done a great job ever since. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, Mr. Diamond, you said that you and Amazing Maria have been in several bar fights. Was one of them on a naval base in San Diego with a bunch of Navy SEALs? Uh, actually, it was in Charleston on a Navy base, um, and it was with uh, some Navy bubbleheads, as we called them, submariners. Oh, okay. Were they trying to proudly wear their trident? Uh, no, wait, those are Navy SEALs. I don't know what pens submariners now, wear. Now, they, um, they were transporting trident and Poseidon missiles. Um, which I got to watch that, you know, the, the Secret Service will be swooping down on me here in a minute. But, uh, you know, being a, a Marine myself, any place that Maria and myself walk into, we automatically take it over. You know, as the old saying goes, you know, uh, QT, Jason, what do you call one Marine on an Army base? It's a Marine Corps What's base. That? It's oh. a Marine Corps base. Oh, okay. We wow. see we when we take over, and it's just uh, that flowed on over into the Diamond Cartel. Oh, wow. All right. Well, Mr. Diamond, who would you feel more safe with in a bar fight, Amazing Maria or Ming? Ming, hands down. Haku oh, okay, was one of the toughest guys ever to step in a wrestling ring, and, and that is what we call in the wrestling business a straight shoot. Um, he's the kind of guy that would beat up five people and say, hey, you know, I'd have asked for some help, but there was only five of them. He is one of the, he's one of the true, legit, tough guys in the sport of professional wrestling. 
Yes, even Andre the Giant was careful around him. Even Andre. Yes, and Andre didn't hold his tongue hardly for anybody. Yes. Okay. Well, Mr. Diamond, you mentioned that you worked with Dan the Beast Severin, and we had the privilege of having him on our show. I found out that he was part of the 1970s Sunkissed Kids in Arizona, and this was a wrestling program for high school sponsored by the university. Dan the Beast has held several MMA seminars seminars on Arizona University, and he even made their Sports Hall of Fame after giving them several titles in NCAA wrestling. But he told Sign Guy and myself that when he has lunch at Arizona University, he has to wait his turn in line. Mr. Diamond, will you join Sign Guy and myself in our quest to give Dan the Beast Severn front-of-the-line soup privileges at Arizona University? Without a doubt. You know, without a doubt. Yes, I believe that he should not have to wait in line. You're exactly right. He is also one of those true, legit tough guys, you know, uh, in the wrestling business. Dan has held championships in MMA, uh, world championships in MMA, wrestling. He doesn't just uh, he doesn't just talk the talk. He walks the walk, and he, too, is, again, uh, one of the legitimate tough guys of the sport. Ooh, okay. All right. I, I kind of uh, gathered that through my extensive research of him. Uh, Mr. Diamond, uh, you said you uh, served in the Marine Corps. Did you go to boot camp at Paris Island? Yes, QT, I did. Wow. I, sure I did. hear this. I hear the sand fleas out there are pretty bad in the summer, the sand fleas. I got ate up so bad by sand fleas that they thought I had the German measles and was going to quarantine me. Now, of course, this was years ago when they didn't have – it wasn't as safe as it is nowadays. You know, they have a lot of medicines and things nowadays that they didn't have. But uh, And after the tests were done, it, planned, uh, it, uh, it played out that it was not the German measles. In fact, it was a million sand fleas. Whoa, boy. Okay. You know, sand fleas, they they strive, uh, they really thrive down there uh, because they, uh, you know, it's 120 degrees in the shade down there most times. Yes. Ooh, boy. Paris Island is an unforgiving place, very unforgiving. Um, But if anyone who has ever seen Mad Max of Thunderdome, that is exactly what Paris Island looked like when I got there. Oh, boy, very, very grim place. Ooh, okay. Very hot, a lot of water moccasins, a lot of sharks, a lot of alligators, um, quicksand. Anything naturally that could kill you was, was at Paris Island. Well, naturally, that's a, that's a good place for a boot camp. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, Mr. Diamond... Can you name your top three movies about Marine Marine about the Marine Corps? Top three movies. A few good men. 
Heartbreak Ridge and Full Metal Jacket. Let me tell you, Full uh, Metal Jacket, the boot camp in Full Metal Jacket is the closest you will ever come to actual Marine Corps boot camp when I was in, bar none. The only thing that would not have happened is that Marine recruit would have never gotten around back into the barracks because they check you inside and out. But those are my three favorites. Uh, and, gentlemen, I, I hate to cut this short. Uh, my physician is on scene. we got to do some stuff before the, the match starts and things. Uh, I thank you very much for having me. It's, it's always a pleasure. You know, sign guy, bless you for remembering an old man. Um, QT, very nice to speak with you. If I can ever do anything uh, for you guys in the future, please just let me know. Um, and remember, Kentucky Elite Pro Wrestling runs in Frankfort, Kentucky, every other Friday night at 7.30. Come on out. We bring the best of old school wrestling mixed up with a little bit of sports entertainment um, to our fans. So come and see Kentucky Elite Pro Wrestling in Frankfort. Sign Guy, QT, thank you very much for having me. Um, Scott Diamond has to roll. Keep All right, thank you. Thank you very, very much for joining us. Best of luck to you tonight. I hope your house is a full one. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good evening. You too. Oh, okay. And definitely, if you get a chance to see Scott Diamond on his show, go buy yourself a ticket. He's a great, great manager. You will enjoy what he does. KEPW, a good promotion there in Frankfurt. So if you're in that area of the Kentucky capital, make sure you go over and check out the show. Should be a good time. We'll wrap this up a little bit early because i got to get on the road. QT, I'm back at the Key Peninsula Civic Center for Northwest Pro tonight. There is a best in the Northwest tournament tonight. Well, be sure to mention that Fruit Pie 2, two Fruit Pie winner, J.D. Mason, that we now have Scott Diamond on board with us to give Dan the B7 front-of-the-line soup privileges. J.D. Will, will appreciate that. I will definitely let him know that. And oh, okay. That reminds me, though, J.D. Mason was asking recently if you ever completed the homework assignment that he gave you on his last appearance on this very program. Can you give me a slight hint of what that may have incurred? Because I have received many homework assignments as of late, term papers. Well, you would have to go back and listen to the J.D. Mason interview. But hopefully you've done it. He's been asking. He wants to make sure you did your homework. Tell him I, I always strive to be summa cum laude. Okay, I can tell him that. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. Well, sign, he, uh, Mr. Diamond, if you have one minute, he said that his uh, Full Metal Jacket was one of his favorite movies. The drill sergeant, uh, Mr. Emery, do you believe he would make a good tag team partner with Mickey Knuckles? I think his name's Lee Emery. Probably, but Mickey Knuckles doesn't really need one because she's got – not only the other Smothers Twisted Daughters, but she's also got one of the strongest forearms you'll ever find. Oh, okay. I'd like to uh, meet Mickey Knuckles one day and take one of those forearms. No, you don't, because you'd die. 
Not even a oh, all right. hint of doubt. You would die. You wouldn't survive. Oh. She wouldn't even have to fully hit you. Just the wind from her approaching forearm would be enough to crush your lungs, and you would go down and not get back up again. Would it be like a divine wind, kamikaze? It'd be harder than that. Oh, boy. Okay, sign. Well, good travels, and I hope you take a cup of coffee along with you. Good travels. Oh, that'd be nice. Hopefully, someone will bring a coffee maker to tomorrow's show in Port Orchard, and we'll have some fresh coffee that Steve Carino lovingly promotes and sells. Oh, okay. Steve Carino, yes. If you're out yes. there, hello. Yes. Okay. That'd be nice if he's listening. But, um, yeah, definitely come check us out at Northwest Pro. First time Northwest Pro has been to the Civic Center since January of 2020. So it's been a long time. We're back. Hope to see all the fans return. Best of the Northwest Tournament should be great tomorrow night in Port Orchard. You can go see Scott Diamond at KEPW. That show starts in around 20 minutes from now. So get out there, support your local independents wherever they are. Also in uh, South Dakota, Midwest All Pro Wrestling has a show. So if you're in South Dakota, go find that tonight. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow we have a Buddhist special with world's finest wrestling promoter, Keith Miller. Uh, Keith Miller returning to the business. It'll be the first WFW show in well over a year. We will be previewing that. And then Sunday, we'll be back with the ding, ding, ding kid, Shane Husky of BCW fame. So make sure you join us in the next few days. Stay safe out there, and we will talk to you all soon.